I mean, there's a reason that, you know, a karaoke night, I go for the Taylor Swifts, not the guys. I don't know, I just go for the weird songs that I could just kind of belt and use emotion rather than skill. Yes, enthusiasm is much more important than talent in the game of karaoke. Yeah, like, talent is almost cheating in karaoke. Like, if, if someone went up to karaoke and, like, super good at practice, I almost feel like that's missing the point. Yeah, that discourages people from going up there after them. Whereas if you go up and just absolutely suck, but you just live in the moment, man, there will be a line out the door to go up next. Yeah, and, like, let me be clear. Not, like, you try your hardest. You don't, like, go up and pick, like, a silly song and do, like, a farty rendition or something. You dance the dance that, uh, you dance with the one that brought you there? Is that mm-hmm. a good... You get uh, what Sure, saying. sure, let's go with that. But, I mean, like, yes, when I am up at karaoke... And I'm singing about how I dug my keys into the side of a stupid little, like, pickup four-wheel drive. Like, I, I mean every word of it, Harry. I still think that song's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's some toxic relationship stuff in there. Yeah, like... <laughs> she really should have just left him. I reevaluated my relationship choices and decided to move on with my life and find someone who would respect me for me. <laughs> Welcome to Brokazatsu, two brothers' exploration of tokazatsu shows and related media. My name's Sam. And I'm Harry. And I would like to apologize to any listeners not familiar with the Baz Luhrmann romantic film Strictly Ballroom, because we, we referenced it last episode, and then watching these ones again, boy, at a certain point in the coverage, it's just going to devolve into a bunch of references. Now, uh, it's going to devolve into a review of the movie, Harry, because, well, if our if our listeners have not seen the Baz Luhrmann uh, film, Strictly Ballroom. Boy, howdy, the writers of the show have. It's weird talking about it. All right, <laughs> digression. And by the way, so we, we may digress a little more in this one because uh, there's no Kamen Rider Zero One together. There is a yep, foot racing. Apparently there was some kind of sports event which preempted the Toku show. Yeah, Toku gets canceled for anything that shows up in the time slot. So yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of this time. And uh, yeah, Strictly Ballroom, it's... It's one of those movies that I've I've seen it, like, probably a dozen times, but not also in, like, 20 years, because it was it was available at the local library, and our parents really liked it when we were growing up, and I was far too young to appreciate it, but, like, just looking at, I I think it's probably a pretty good movie. Oh, it, it 100% holds up, Harry. Like, you will, if you go back and rewatch it, you will definitely pick up things you did not notice before, as is the case with revisiting all movies of our youth. Uh, but, like, it's it's kind of legitimately no shit one of my favorite movies of all time. It is beautiful and brilliant, and these episodes recreate it. Yeah. As a child, I watched uh, grown-up romantic films and, like, weird uh, arty things about Asian history, thanks to my sister. And as an adult, I watched Japanese children's TV shows. The, <laughs> the life we lead. <laughs> yes. So, let's get into Kamen Rider Guy. Yes, so uh, what episodes are we watching this week, Harry, and where did we last leave off with Gaim? Uh, we last left off in episode 16, and so we're starting with episode 17. Yes, the math checks. Yep, the Peach Rider America makes her entrance. 
And uh, as you may remember, at the end of the last episode, uh, Mizusane, a.k.a. Michi, was taken to a cliff by his brother and shown something that we don't see yet. But it was enough to send Michi to his knees and uh, basically pledge his loyalty to Yagdrasil as obviously they're in the right. I'm still going with Statue of Liberty. I know it's not, but I'm assuming that it's the Statue of Liberty. Oh, you'll find out soon, but we'll get into that. Is it the Statue of Liberty, Harry? It's not specifically the Statue of Liberty. Darn. It should have been the Statue of Liberty. Whatever it is, the Statue of Liberty would be better. I mean, it is Japan, so for Japanese viewers, might it be a Japanese landmark or something? Well, I mean, it would wouldn't it kind of make sense? Like, you know, if they were... Well, okay, it depends on what they're doing. If, if it's like some kind of time jump and they're showing like something uh, from within the city, uh, then yeah, it shouldn't be the Statue of Liberty. But if it's like a time and place jump, then the Statue of Liberty would still work. Anyway, so Michi is now on uh, Team Yagdrasil, and we start the episode with him uh, meeting with his brother in his office. He's saying, uh, Misosane, I can't show preferential treatment. You have to show that you can contribute. So your job is to retrieve Kota's warring driver by any means you see fit. Uh, by the way, bringing in like a teenage younger brother and putting him in a high-level position at a company is already showing favoritism. Yeah, like, he is putting his uh, teen kid brother in charge of a spec ops team. Yeah, yeah, that is 100% showing a lot of favoritism. He is still demanding results from him, which is, you know, good and fine for for a boss. Especially in an organization which, as we will see, has very fluid management. Like, no one is really sure who works for whom, like, who anyone's boss is. It, it's, it's a very flexible command structure. So, uh, we then jump to the public. Uh, Kota is attempting to get more comedic jobs, and he is being thrown out of stores viciously. Yeah, because uh, beat riders are being blamed for all the infest attacks, and uh, he he just he can't get a break. It's the old, he's having the Spider-Man problem of not being able to get a job. Now, to be fair, some of the beat rider teams have gone dark, and they have started directly controlling invests to attack and rob banks. Yeah, it's, it's a nicely complicated situation. Like, there's Everyone is making reasonable decisions based on the information they have. Like, there's there's not an idiot ball being tossed around. The, the public shouldn't think that this big corporation is secretly using these dancers to test super weapons. Yeah, I guess that tracks a little bit, though. Everyone was participating in the Invis games. And really, people should have been asking questions earlier about the Invis. For example, where the fuck do they come from and what are they? Yeah, that, that that question should be asked a bit more. So we jump to the Grease Lightning Garage, uh, where Kota and Michi meet up, and they have just a nice dramatic heart-to-heart. Well, heart-to-heart is kind of stretching it, because Michi is, he's fallen into a bit of a pattern of not telling people information. Remember, Mai still has no idea anything that's going on. <laughs> well, Kota is pouring his heart out, and Michi is there to receive it and cringe dramatically as he and the audience know things that Kota absolutely does not. Yeah, because Kota has learned that Vyagrasil uh, is just focusing on their research, so it's up to him to go out and protect the city. That He's not giving up this belt for anything. Yes, the safety of the city comes second for them. And he turns to Michi and he asks, Now Michi, is there anything you want to protect, something so precious that you would be willing to put on your belt and fight for it? Uh, Michi says, being with you and Mai and having fun, I want that to stay with me forever, no matter what changed about me. (laughs) 
He grabs Kona by the shoulders and he screams, Remember this specific moment! Nothing will change! Everything will be this good forever! Kota basically grabs his collar and says that, like, hey, don't don't worry, you'd never change. We'll always be friends, Michi. And then Michi <laughs> thinks about that uh the team of their the leader of their team, Yuya, that died, that he's not telling Kota. Again, lots of not telling people stuff. Like the show not like bearing the lead at all. Like, you know <laughs> a lesser show would just kinda let that hang and let the audience connect the dots, but no, no. The show demands that people just be shown right up front that nope nope everything is going to go bad everyone in the scene knows it except coda coda genuinely believes that things can be salvaged and saved this course is clear and we immediately go to a a, a nameless office of the actress corporation which it, i gotta assume is just the offices at toei that they say hey we gotta film a an office scene in here well i mean i've been in a lot of office buildings like that is kind of how offices work like Conference rooms have numbers, and they're never in order, and you just kind of wander around until you find the room you're supposed to be in. And coming into the room are Orin and Jonachi. Uh, and a creepy, dis- distorted, electronically voice uh, starts talking to them. You have an outstanding contract with the Yggdrasil, so we have a job for you. Yes, and they get upgraded drivers, these two uh, lesser riders who are slowly, slowly being, like, just kind of written out of the story and being made less and less relevant. It's very vaguely upgraded. Like, he says upgraded, but, like, I'm not sure. It, it's not, like, a huge jump in power if there is one. It's still not to the level of a Genesis driver. Yeah, everyone is saying upgraded drivers, like, you know, increase in power. It's not like we get numbers. It's not like we get confirmation that anything is actually legitimately more powerful. It's, you know, no one is going to pull, like, the Dragon Ball Z and say that his power level is over 7,000 here. It'd be ridiculous to have a Toku show where, like, in mid-confrontation, they start uh, yelling about numbers, and that's very definitely important to the plot. <coughs> build! <coughs> Common writer, build! <coughs> really? Is that how build goes? Uh, hazard levels are a thing. Wonderful. Wonderful. We may get there someday, but honestly, build is what the series I'm kind of cooler on. But, well, well anyway. Uh, so, what's the job? You need to get Kota Kazurapa's warring driver. And mm-hmm. or Orin is okay with this. He says, "All right, so if you're the ones behind the super tech, then you you know who my beautiful Melon Knight is, right? Let's make a deal. I do the job well, and you tell me you can be his deets." Yeah, so Michi is pimping out his older brother to clearly a sexual predator, know, so that no, so or, that or, the predator will attack and rob his best friend. No, let's be clear. I'm, Oren would seduce the hell out of him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he could win Takatora over if he gave him a chance. I mean, okay, maybe, maybe. But as we have seen with his subordinates, like, the man has boundary issues, Harry. Let's not pretend he does not have boundary issues. Uh, yeah, they have a deal. They walk out. And Yoko, who is kind of watching the, watching the guys get the orders, goes to Michi and says, So you're trying to keep your hands clean, huh? But Michi shoots back. What does the doctor still want from another Kurishima? Force of arms? Surely not. What I'm expected to demonstrate is the ability to command and manipulate. And Sid kind of smiles and laughs and he says, Sid was right about you. You're a demon. Uh, so he turns to her and says, so are you helping me or watching over me? And she shrugs and says both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overseer Kurishima said to watch over you. And Michi points out, but you work for Ryoma. And she says, yeah, my direct supervisor is Ryoma, but Kurishima's in charge of the whole project. 
I might be in the middle of a company merger right now, and I'm genuinely unclear of who my boss is at the moment at work. And so I really, I really felt for this girl in this situation. Uh, Are you running like a secret? Are you running a secret evil project to overthrow your company and stuff too? Hey, food food distribution is a hardcore job, Harry. That's literally Gaim, food fruit distribution. (laughs) There is a brief scene of Kota's terrible sister we hate, Akira. Like, she she just had one really bad scene, but it was really bad, where she was super mean about him and his prospects. Anyway, she's walking down the street, and a couple guys in suits start stalking her. It appears that Yggdrasil is targeting the sister, which is actually a pretty nice way to pressure Kota. Yeah, like, it's, it's an obvious move, but an effective one, go after the family. And Kota, sitting at the fruit bar, gets a call on his phone. We have Akira Kazuraba. Our demands are your warring driver. Give it up quietly and we'll make sure nothing happens to your sister. So Kota, he immediately starts just like running everywhere. And we see Michi just kind of like standing next to a balcony, talking to himself. Come on, Kota. We're putting the right pressure on you. Think about the smart move. Think about your best move. And we can just kind of cut to Kota. Just almost screaming to the heavens. I never think about my best move. Kota shows up and uh, like Orin is there with his quotation mark sister and quotation marks and like kind of a mask thing where she's gagged. Uh, there is a, you know, hostage exchange situation. Uh, the Durian Knight is, you know, saying to the toss over the belt and they'll hand over the sister and he pulls out his belt. He releases a sister. She walks over to Kota and tries to arm arm him and like. Grab the belt away. Yeah, and it's it's a little... Honestly, from what we see of Yoko, she's definitely competent enough that she def- should have been able to do this. But whatever protagonist powers, he manages to get away and be like, you're, you're not my sister. Surprise, it's Yoko. Yes, as uh, as the lady is pulling off the mask and apparently wig, uh, the show absolutely does an actress swap. Uh, uh maybe. I, I think it was an actress swap. Kota says, hey, you tricked me, you don't actually have my sister or whatever, I'm leaving. Uh, they, they hand over some binoculars. And they tell him to look at the cakery. Where the sister is there, she is happy. She is stuffing her face full of cakes, having won a random street competition, which is what those guys in suits were, you know, stalking her about. But Jonichi is there, and he is threatening. This shows a lot about Michi, because he's trying to do a nice thing for her. Like, theoretically, if, th- if everything goes exactly as he planned it, she would just have a nice day uh eating cake eating a lot of cake like she's all right i'm a fat guy sam uh (laughs) but like still i'm I'm usually like one piece of cake maybe two if i'm searching it but akira is pounding down like plate after plate of these big sampling cake slices i know she's like one of those like 90 pound asian girls that just seems to have like a black hole singularity in her yeah but anyway so she's theoretically have a very good time but uh, Michi is still willing to put a friend of a friend in very deep danger. Or at least in theory, like willing to pull those uh, willing to twist those knobs maybe not willing to go through with it in the end, or at least, well but then again, there are other people there who absolutely are, so. Uh, Kota is shocked that they are want his belt so bad they'd stoop this low but Michi says to keep Yadrixil's plan secret if you plan to oppose them, you can't keep the belt. Give it up, Kota. Uh, Kota refuses, and Michi does say to Jonichi, do it. And we, we're we not sure what that's supposed to be. 
But then the, the tone of the episode takes a bit of shift. Yes, Jonichi puts on his belt and puts in his driver. And then the driver starts talking to him and screaming at him. And he is concussed by a falling mixing plate. Yeah, like, it's Orin's voice singing the, the song that the belts do when you transform. And I don't think there's ever any explanation how Orin is able to make, like, a weird trick lock seed. But he has. Because uh, Orin... He has pride as a PTCA, and he's not going to let one of his customers be assaulted in his restaurant. No, of course not. She is in the middle of a meal, and her dining experience must be immaculate. <laughs> Yoko is pissed off and said, you would betray us? It's like, no, my, my mission is to get the warring driver, and since he just brought it to us, I'm going to beat him up. And you know what? Good call. Like, uh, the Durian Knight, he has never seen Kota be a physical threat to him. He has manhandled him every single time. He says straight up, you've always needed help to be able to fight me, and now you think you can do it alone? And Kota says, yes I can, because I have a new upgrade, Lemon Arms. Mm -hmm. And the fight begins. Lemon Raymond. Michi is off the side, and he's really having a moment, and we see kind of a thing where he's frustrated, where it's like, how dare you ruin my plans? And Yoko kind of leans against the wall and says, Orin's not going to win this. Kota's using an S-class lock seed, which should only work in a Genesis driver. You might actually have to lift a figure yourself. You might have to get your hands dirty, kid. You might have to choose a side. So, uh, Oren, he's shocked, because, like, when, when Kota gets the Lemon Raiment on, he, his attacks start knocking it back. That, that's basically the power of Lemon Raiment, is just kind of big and tough and armor, just, just a boost in power. And the fight goes very badly for our dear Durian Knight, and he is knocked off the building and detransformed. He's fine. He lands on a car, but while he's in the suit, so he's just kind of groaning on the ground. And so then, uh, the Peach Knight uh, enters the seed and starts to throw down with our hero. Yeah, and he is immediately back on uh, equal on equal footing here. They they have a very dynamic fight where they're dancing through a warehouse. Like all of the Genesis Riders, their weapon is like a bow thing that has blades on it, so it's it's a melee and a ranged weapon mixing up. So and there's lots of attacks where they're just kind of shooting and dodging. There's even one point where they both fire a shot and dodge at the same time. It's pretty cool. They're more or less identically matched up against each other, and all this time, uh, the Peach Knight is just sending uh, sending voicemails to Michi, who is there with his headset, saying, "Hey, I." I don't think I'm going to be able to beat this guy on my own. We're too evenly matched. We need you to step in and shoot him. You need to transform, pull your gun, and shoot your friend. Show us already whose side you're on Kota's Iriagdrasil. And Kota even turns and says, like, oh, Michi, you're here. Like, I, I don't know why, but hey, I'm fighting. She's with Yagdrasil, and she's super tough, so I need help. And yeah, uh, Kota and Peach Knight, uh, they're dueling. Michi transforms, and there's very painfully drawn out scene where he's just like lifting his gun and pointing and drifting between the two of them and Kota being Kota doesn't notice this in the slightest yeah and, and Michi through his head is ringing the, the scene earlier when Kota was saying we'll always be friends always be friends Michi pulls the trigger and shoots Marika yes she is thrown back uh, him and Kota they have won the day and uh, she quits the field yeah, and she she acts shocked, but Michi very specifically says, tell Ryoma Waring that I'll protect Kota Kazuraba. And Michi looks and, like, kind of notices that it's weird that uh, Michi knows that name, but it, 
he gets distracted and whatever. Kota, you know, it's he has a five second memory. Yes. So Kota is all hugs for Michi, who looks a little bit torn. And then we cut to the scientist, uh, the evil scientist Waring, who is talking with Michi's older brother and covering for him. I need Kota to keep using that belt for a while, so I'm afraid I made Mitsusane humor me. Uh, the attachment is returning data beyond all expectations. If we get that, then we can get those protection numbers up to spec. And if Michi is keeping an eye on the beat riders, then they'll be better scapegoats. They trust him, you know? Yes, so the scientist is saying that Michi is going to be a spy. He cuts the call. Michi uh, says that he appreciates that the scientist is protecting him. And the scientist just kind of twists the knives a little bit on Michi. Everyone knows Everyone knows the story for Michi. He is torn between worlds. Like, he isn't sure if he wants to be a villain or a hero yet. Well, another thing is happening here, too. Because Ryoma says, How did you know I was watching Kota Kazuraba? And Michi points out, Minato knew Orin couldn't beat him alone, but she didn't step in herself. If you really wanted the driver, she would have teamed up and they would have beaten him. And Ryoma looks him in the eye and says, I think you're smarter than your brother. Which is, you know, a very manipulative thing to say. And Michi shoots back, If you use my talents right, I could be a great asset in your quest to fulfill your ambitions. Uh, Michi is trying to play the fields. He really needs to choose a side, Harry. Well, he thinks he can manage all the variables everywhere. Harry, in Twilight Imperium, how does that work out if you just try to be everyone's friend? Never actually pick a side, never crystallize a plan? Uh, well, Kota, Kota is Marcus, and Michi is you, and, uh... Wait, no, 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 I, I'm not Michi, Harry. You you said it yourself. I, I, earlier in the series, I made you double down on which person you were like, you're Michi, we're gonna keep that in mind as the show goes on. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm a smarter Michi. <laughs> right. That's the solution. Hey, I just shot Kota in the back. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get there. Anyway, so... <laughs> The episode ends with Michi just sitting alone in his room, watching a video on his phone of the Christmas dance with Kota like the big, goofy reindeer head. I say, like, yes, this is great. I can stay with him a little longer. As long as I can see my and Kota smiles, there's nothing I can to do. Uh, so audience, what we have just seen is the scene that will be played ad nauseum when Michi dies. And the show has to cut back to the scenes of him being sad and yearning for his friends. So that's the episode. And we go right into episode 18. Farewell Beat Riders. A.K.A. Strictly Ballroom. The opening scene is one of those ones where there's action going on with one guy while someone else is talking in another one. So, uh, like, Koda is off. He's fighting Invest. They're, they're just showing up in the city all the time now. And in greater numbers, more advanced forms, and he's having to swap between his various upgrades and deal with them, uh, like, deal with them uh, harshly. Like, at one point, he's grappling with one, it's just flamethrowing his face with fire breath. It's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. He's having a bad go of things. Yeah. But But uh, as he is doing this, Mai is explaining her plan for how to save the city. And Harry, it's through dance. Soon, they're not going to be able to dance anywhere in the city, so she has a proposal. Let's show everyone that Beat Riders aren't fighting with an all-team dance show. They need to get everyone together, Harry. A whole Pan-Pacific Grand Prix. 
Yeah. Like, so if they just all get together and show that, hey, we're not actually doing the invest game anymore, we're just dancing and stuff, like, maybe there's some criminals somewhere, but those aren't us anymore, then that'll be great. And one person points out, that's not going to magically fix everything. And she says, no, 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 well, we, they won't respect us right away, so we'll need to start over. Look, what were we fighting over in the first place? Dancing. <laughs> they were fighting over dancing. That is my solution for absolutely everything. Just remember the dance. Remember the art form. Feel the rhythm, Harry. Feel it. And it's a good proposal. But someone points out, I don't see Team Baron. Are they in on this? And Mai says, yeah, we, we need all the teams. It's an all-team dance-off. And then people start saying, well, Baron started the war thing. They kind of pushed it. They kept absorbing other teams, taking all the dancers. They're kind of big, aggressive jerks. We needed the invest just to defend ourselves from them. We're not dancing with Kaito. And to be fair, they're right. Kaito was an absolute jerk uh, during the start of the, you know, the dance wars. He's kind of a dance fascist. <laughs> and so the meeting breaks up and the rest of the teams, uh, they go their separate ways. Junichi, he's sitting on some steps and he's a little frustrated because I, I guess Orin doesn't want him off transforming without him, so he's he's mixed the weird fake lock seeds into his supply, and he never he can never transform, being sure you know whether he's going to be armored rider grid on or uh, what was it Ornak in this version, or just get hit with various objects. He puts in a he puts in a driver, and it's the wrong one. And Orin shows up and like they're, so they're fully like kind of the comedic duo because Orin is you know, like kicking him and like hey you're sneaking off you got cakes to make. And he notices a flyer for the all-team dance-off. It's like, were you trying to sneak off to this? I can't believe that they have the gall to pull this off. And he does a flying face kick to his subordinate. I mean, they have comedy power, so it doesn't seriously hurt him. Of course, of course. So Mai is, she's at Team Baron's clubhouse and saying like, hey, they they need to, considering, like, so we need we need your help. We need you to, they need to hear from you that we have to work together. And Keta says, why, I don't believe that myself. Baron will have nothing to do with this. Dancing is just one way of expressing power. I don't need dance, dance stages. Dancing is just one way of expressing power, Harry. Straight out of the mouth of Mikhail Baryshnikov. We cut to uh, the Durian Knight, who is wearing a political sash and driving around town, uh, proposing to murder the various beat riders. Uh, like, I pledge from this day forward, I shall begin purging the beat riders from our fair city. My good people, like, I think he's playing for politics now. Like, he wants to get elected. I have seen worse campaign speeches, Harry. I've seen a lot worse campaign speeches. And, uh, so, Baron, he's at the clubhouse, he's drinking his tea. But off in the corner, because he, he has his associate Zach with him, that's kind of his, that's with him all the way. But then the, the shitty little guy, Pico, who in the first episode was shooting a slingshot at people. He starts breaking down, saying, like, Kaito, uh, we, I want to dance. Like, I joined this team because you were the top team, because I wanted to dance. Let's let's join the dance show. We could find some way to make it work. And the other lesser barons, they all kind of rally around and they remember, oh, yeah, we are a dance team. May, may, maybe we should dance. Can, can we dance? I want to dance. I feel the rhythm in me. I must express it. My feet, they are so loose. And Baron, he stands up and says, fine, you can do it. Doesn't matter to me. I'm quitting Team Baron. And he, he turns to Zack and gives him that unlocked Sengoku warring driver. 
that he found a couple episodes ago. Yes, he gives the jailbroken uh, belts to a rando and therefore instantly dooms him to death. Harry, I kind of, uh, I was watching this with Sarah. We kind of looked at each other when this happened and just kind of had a bet between us about how many episodes before Zack bites it. My bet was five. Five. All right. We'll keep, I'll keep that in mind. Do you, so you think you think Zach's gonna die in five? Uh, how soon do you think? Well, Michi's die, 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 or be like a hundred percent doomed, like infected or something with no cure or something like that. Within five episodes, he will be dead or dying. Doomed in five. Uh, and you also think um, uh, Michi is gonna Michi is doomed. What do you think Michi is gonna go? Uh, very close to the end of the series, like maybe even the final episode, but he's not gonna get out of this alive. Team Baron without Baron, Baron without Baron, they they go to the Gaim Clubhouse and say, hey, we want to dance after all, and it's not a problem that Kaito's going to be there, because he's not. He quit our team. We don't know what's going on. So the dance competition, it is on. We then cut to the scientist coming out of the elevator uh, with his assistant, and he is sporting a new belt. He uh, mentioned something about it being time to test it in the field. Dun dun dun. Well, I mean, it's it's a Genesis driver like we've seen before, but it's his Genesis driver, and you know he's he's customizing it. He says like you're you're getting excellent data, uh, fighting against Kota. I almost want you to fight him all out. And Yoko says, if I did, that'd be the last data you got. <laughs> he he kind of scoffs. Yeah, like y- Yoko was holding back. <laughs> and it's at this point that we cut to the dance show, Harry. The street performance. Everyone has their own individual stage. There's pyrotechnics. There's smoke. And there's only two teams here, because most of the stages are empty. Well, there's more than two teams. There's, like, there's four or five teams. But they have, like, 20 stages. Uh, yeah. It, at the start, it's a little it's a little sparse, and there's not a lot of people there in person watching. Like, yeah, there's about ten people, which, to be fair, I have had worse. I've had worse attendance at some of my dance shows, too. Yeah, I remember the one you made me go to. <laughs> Someday you'll be forgiven. Someday. Uh, but So Bravo shows up, and he says, I almost don't need to mess with you guys. Uh, like, your all-teams dance show seems to be awfully lacking in them. And my solution to this threat is to start dancing. Yeah, let's dance. Which, Grant, that, that's always her solution. She is a hammer, everything is a nail, and her nail is dance. Well, she's not getting a belt, so... She's dancing, the music the music flares up, and it, it, it's okay dancing. And DJ Sagra starts streaming it online. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, Jonachi from the Shadows summons a couple invis to attack the dancers. So, Kota transforms, and as he does, by the way, I, I noticed his jacket, it does say... So, uh, I found, like, a brand, and I sent you a link, but it, it says, Do a Rat, Roots Rat Revel. I don't know what, what that means. Do a rat, roots, rat, revel. What the fuck is that from, Harry? It may be the name of a clothing brand, or it may just be weird Japanese English stuff. Like, gratuitous English on Japanese clothing is a thing. Like, you know, when we use Japanese characters and stuff incorrectly, they do the same thing. It's just multiculturalism, yeah. baby. I guess that's fair. Yeah. That's absolutely fair. So, but yes, yeah. the, the Invis, they knock the dancers off the stage, and they start dancing themselves. 
Yeah, like Jonichi, he's he's remote controlling them to just do dance moves on stage. Okay, why didn't they do this? Like, that would be great if like the dance fights were with Invest, but you still had to use them to dance. <laughs> uh, yes, but the dancers there, they will not stand for this. So Kota, he transforms, and then the Rando Baron also transforms. Harry, what was his name again? Uh, Zach. Zach. That's right. That's right. Uh, the doomed Final Fantasy character in every series. This isn't just game stage. You won't fight alone. And he pulls out a walnut lock seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his transformation pose is especially stylish. I I read in an interview the actor like they they design kind of their own transformation poses, and he specifically intended for his to be a, an homage to his dance teacher. Like it was a stylish move that apparently he used. So yeah, it's just a fun little bit of trivia. But he becomes the walnut. He is very punchy. Mr. Knuckleman, he, together, he and Kota start beating off, oh, start fighting away the invest. <laughs> I keep doing that. Oh, Harry. Thank God you're the editor. <laughs> yeah. And so there is fighting going on in the foreground and dancing going on in the background. And DJ Sagara, he is streaming everything. He is commenting. He is rallying up the crowd. And the comments, Harry, they're coming in. People are loving this. Like, everyone is finally remembering that the dance teams, they actually are good people, and they're decent dancers. At least some of them, the ones in front. The ones in back, eh. Yeah, but, I mean, it's effective. The other teams, they show up because they saw the video, and they're like, screw it, we're we're gonna dance. This is everybody's stage now. Somebody even notices Jonichi off to the side, hiding, and they're like, oh, hey, you're the leader of Team Team Invito. Yeah, you dance too, and they drag him up on stage. And he, he's kind of dejected, and he's up there, and he looks embarrassed for a second. They just instantly get into sync with everybody else. Oh, no, Harry. Uh, you missed a very important moment. There was a moment uh, when the fighting was just starting that Jonichi snuck up and killed the music. Oh, right. At which point Mai started to shout out numbers and just have people clap and clap and clap and dance, which, we shit you not, is exactly the ending of Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, it's totally the climax. Like, somebody cuts the music, but then somebody off to the side starts clapping or snapping their fingers in rhythm, and they just dance with that music, and it's it's beautiful. Listen to the rhythm. Don't be scared. It's beautiful. Brings a tear to my eye every single time. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, but then he gets pulled up on stage, and it's funny, because if you look, I tried to look at the comments to see if there was funny stuff, funny stuff, and a lot of them were like, oh, beat writers forever, they're great, but then a couple of them were just people laughing at Jonichi. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Uh, this is kind of straight out of, like, the finale of uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, when Vanilla Ice is rapping and there's monster fights going on before them. Yeah. The Walnut is taking out uh, the various invests. Uh, well, our dear uh, Orange Knight is fighting with our Durian Knight. Armored Rider Knuckle is getting overwhelmed a bit, but who's not showing up to back him up? It's Baron, of course. Baron shows up to save Team Baron, and then afterwards fades into the distance. Yes, someday you'll become stronger. Like, he's just pretending. It's weird, because he's definitely like a fascist, but he's also just a big softy all the time. Sundere Eugenics. <laughs> anyway, it goes great. Outside, Kota is 
he's fighting off Bravo. And when he hears the good reaction, he says like, yeah, it's it's worked. You've lost. There's no reason for us to fight anymore. Yes. And uh, the Durian Knight goes away. So everybody's celebrating inside there. Everyone's cheering. The dance teams are happy. And Michi off the side says, yes, if it's to keep this joy alive, I'll betray anyone. <laughs> that's a that's an awkward stance to have Michi. But you know what? We'll go with it for now. And as the episode closes, Kota is walking off happy, but some shots come at him because Armored Rider Duke, a.k.a. Dr. Waring, has shown up. Hey, I I apologize for my inconvenience timing, but could you transform again? Now, Harry, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the suit that we see on uh, Professor Waring is not the suit that we saw in the bad guy lineup a few episodes ago, right? It is the same suit. It is the same suit. Yes. Okay, so this is, so he is the final transformation. My guess that it was DJ Sagara was proven wrong. Yes, incorrect. All right. I'm still hoping that the DJ gets a belt at some point. Well, you'll, you'll see about the DJ. Like, you, uh, the, you'll, you'll see. The DJ is definitely running his own game at this point. We saw that uh, he was, you know, sneaking people out. Uh, he was uh, throwing out uh, secret technology to the various dance teams. He was the one who was streaming this uh, to get the dance teams back up and running. So, whose side is he on? Clearly his own. So, Sam, I believe yes. you've prepared a game for today? Well, not a game, a quiz. A Harry, quiz. Uh, this entire podcast venture, the premise is that you are the expert at tokusatsu shows, and you are taking me, a novice, through the series. And so I thought it only fitting given the subject of these two episodes, that I quiz you on a subject that I am an expert at, and you a mere novice. That subject, Harry, that is dance. Good. Good content this is gonna be. <laughs> hmm. Dance. I have a series of questions here, Harry. The number which will evolve, it will shrink, depending on how bad this bit is going. All right, let's uh, let's let's launch right into it. I, I was and these thinking, questions. I was trying to think of like a dance term for starting it, but I couldn't think of one. That might be a hint as to how well this is going to go. Wonderful, Harry. I all of these questions. I will say, uh, you know the answers to. They are in your head. You just need to find them there. Okay. So, Harry, name the type of social dance which involves people joining in, which may change over time and is based on the culture in which it was developed. These what? questions, by the way, they are straight out of a Dance 101 final. Wait, say, say that again. This is the type of social dance which involves people joining in and which may change over time and is based on the culture in which it was developed. That's all dance. Like, that's just dance. Like, people join in, it's based on the culture it's a it specific, over time. a specific form. A specific genre of dance. A social dance? I mean, that's just dance. What? Like, uh, okay. Um, uh, Based on the culture in which it was developed. That's Think about all that. dance. There's ah. not a dance. That's, that's culture. <laughs> um, the answer you were looking for, Harry, was folk dance. What? Yes. That's... That's a specific genre, though. Like, there's dances that follow all those criteria, but aren't called folk. 
Well, on the subject of dance criteria, Harry, these three elements are ones that choreographers manipulate to create a piece of dance, uh, to create a piece of dance, or that are present in all genres of dance. So, what are the three definitive elements that must be present in all dance? Steps. Na- name ste- any of them. Steps. No. No. Oh. Like more specific or less specific? Uh, these are these are elements. Rhythm. No. Well, close. Beat. Uh, wait. Um. Elements of dance. I will give you the first, Harry. It is space. Space. They're they're claiming space. Yes. It is an element that choreographers manipulate. When designing a dance. And steps isn't one. No. Uh, time? Yes! Nailed it! What? <laughs> so space-time is dance. Space, energy, and time. Those are the three elements that choreographers manipulate to create dance. I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad at this. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I'm furious. They... What the fuck? Sam, you got Harry. college credit for this? <laughs> this was your minor. This was... This was 100% my minor. I have a minor in modern dance from the University of Washington School of Fine Arts. All right, next question. Name one famous Broadway tap star. Famous Broadway tap. Yes. God, who do I know that I got a lot tap? of names in front of me, Harry. You know several of them. The only tap dancer I can think of off the top of my head is that guy from News Radio, because he... Didn't he tap dance? Oh wait, no the the Beverly Crusher. Um, she, they they made her dance in that one episode because she could actually do it. Is she one of them? The the actress? Like not not the character Beverly Crusher. The answers are Fred Astaire, Shirley Temple, Bill Bojangles. Are any of these people alive during my lifetime? Uh, I'm pretty sure Shirley is Shirley Temple still alive. That would be a very depressing Google. I'm not going to do it. I'll do it for you. Shirley Temple. Nicholas Brothers. Ruby Keeler. Ann Died Miller. five years ago. Oh, goddammit. And Gene Kelly. Well, uh... Alright. A multiple choice question, Harry. Martha Graham. Chronic obstructive used... pulmonary disease. She was a lifelong cigarette smoker. Okay. God. Damn, that's depressing. I knew that was going to be a depressing Google. Harry, why did you Google that? Well, she did display it in public because she didn't want to set a bad example for her fans, which that's nice. Yeah. I guess she hung in there pretty long. I mean, she made it all the way to 2014, sounds like. Yeah, she did last into like her 80s. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's a great run. But Harry, Martha Graham uses what unusual costume in her She was classic- the United States ambassador to Czechoslovakia? Yes, yes, she was. Shirley Temple is a fascinating person. She was the chief of protocol of the United States? What the fuck? She worked with Jimmy Carter and, like, Gerald Ford. Yes! Like, she was a child actress who had an amazing post-acting career. Okay, fine, whatever. Go on with your dumb question. Dance inspires people, Harry. But anyway, Martha Graham uses what unusual costume in her classic dance, uh, Lamentatia? A- a jagged pointy wire. B. A long tube of purple fabric. C. A dress made of newspaper. Or D. None of these. 
Let, what's the name of the dance? Lamentatia. Tatiana. If I knew what that meant, that might help. I'm going to say a... Because I can kind of... Like, the wire doesn't seem interesting. But I could see, like, the tube of purple fabric being, like, flowy around while she's dancing. And I feel like the dress made of newspapers is a joke reference to something else. So I'm going to gonna go with the tube. Correct. Harry, hey. you are at 50%. What? What? Wait, what? One question is 50? No, no, no. You you got time. Harry, we've asked four questions and you got two of them correct. What was the other one I got right? The three elements of choreography. Space, energy, time. I didn't get it. Oh, I guess I got time. Yes, you, Harry, you absolutely got time. You got that right. All right. I've given it to you. I almost don't want to pass it, this fine. class, Harry. You're going to get the minor. Alright, final question, Harry. A ballet class has six dancers to assign to balance bars. The six dancers are in two rival dance crews. Team Modern, with Francesca, Greta, and Hermione. And Team Jazz Freeform, with Jaime, Caitlin, and Laurel. The three bars are labeled one to three from front to back. Any of the bars can remain empty. The following conditions apply. Two dancers have to... (laughs) If two dancers are on the boat with the chicken, they'll eat it. Laurel and Jaime cannot be on the same bar. And okay, Jaime knows why. Do you have this written down so I don't yes, need to do. just copy this down? So yeah, po- post this into Facebook, but also say it on the podcast. Francesca must be on the bar immediately in front of the bar Laurel is on, and Laurel knows why. No single bar can hold all three modern members. They need space to be individuals. <coughs> And Caitlin cannot be on bar two after the incident. If Greta and Hermione are on bar two, which of the following must be true? Caitlin is on bar one. Laurel is on bar two. Jaime is on bar three. Greta and Jaime are on the same bar. Or Francesca and and Caitlin are on the same bar. Do I... Choose which of them can be true, or is there specifically one I'm picking at? One must be true. And the rest false? Not necessarily. It's just one must be true. The others might be true or might be false. I'll, I'll post the full thing in the podcast description and give you a few seconds to pause and do it if you want. Uh, kind of fun, but it's not that hard. So yeah, if Greta and Hermione are on bar two, then Francesca can't be on that same bar. So if she's on bar three, then there's no bar for Laurel to be on that's immediately behind Francesca. So Francesca has to be on bar one, so Laurel has to be on bar two. Correct. Harry, you got 60% on the dance quiz. You just passed the class. How do you feel? I'm not sure. (laughs) I... I guess I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Harry, is there a zero one episode next week? Uh, yeah, there should be. There, there should be a zero one episode next week, uh, episode ten, and it's continuing with the plot. Uh, but and there, but we will also be covering two more episodes of *Coming to Rider Guy* and *Sam*. Uh, so 
next episode, you're actually going to see what's on the other side of that cliff. We are getting a pretty big reveal as to the whole thing that's going on. And you have made some predictions, Sam. And here is your final chance to amend or stick to or totally abandon them. Well, I know it's not the Statue of Liberty, so I guess I'll have to go with they it's a building that they recognize from the current time indicating that this is a future where everything is destroyed and devastated or something to that effect like a building or some kind of thing that would endure an apocalypse so you think that the the secret link here is that this Yogsho world is a kind of time displaced version of our world yes which would make more sense for, you know, Ghost Future Mai to be able to come back in time. Understood. Uh, well, until then, uh, Sam, this is something I've noticed. Maybe we could just fix this right now. We don't have a sign-off for this show. Uh, we Don't we just kind of say, like, you know, we'll be back next week or see you next week? Something like that? I've kind of been awkwardly going to that, <clears> but I feel like, you know, we, let's think of a moment. Let's think of a good sign-off. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, we're like 60 episodes in. Time to figure this shit out. Like, that's this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, what are some of the common Rider things? Like, Couch or Sins, Keep on Dancing, uh, a writer yeah, like... a writer turns into a grasshopper kick. Like, goddamn, what, what are some of those, Harry? I kind of like Keep on Dancing. Keep on Dancing? Like it's, it's nice and generic. All right, that's our sign-off, Harry. Yeah. And all you listeners out there, keep on dancing.